Welcome to Idaho Speakeasy. I'm Mike Turner with Phil Mount, and we're on a mission to uncover and share the stories of Idaho's finest entrepreneurs, community leaders, local icons, and those who are impacting our community. Today in the Speakeasy, we have Alan Trailer, founder of local indoor cycling studio Upcycle. Thanks for joining us, Alan. Thank you for having me. So, Alan, uh, okay, uh, so people that don't know what Upcycle is, why don't you just give us a brief introduction to what that is? Sure. Upcycle is a holistic fitness studio, uh, downtown Boise in Bodo. We do indoor cycling, uh, yoga, TRX. We have a massage therapist on staff. Uh, it's a beautiful boutique uh, uh, fitness studio. Um, yeah, that's that's right. what we are. Right. And uh, so, but so your background though, have you have you done things like this before? Is this kind of a new no. venture for you? So, no, no, I have okay. done nothing like this before. <laughs> um, so I I come from healthcare. Um, I was working at Healthwise, a local nonprofit. Uh, right after uh, school, I went to College of Idaho. Uh, after a couple of years there, I started to realize that uh, patients kind of get the short end of the stick in, in our healthcare system. It's not designed to support an individual going through some major issues in, in, with their with their lives and their families. And so I had this audacious dream of changing that somehow. <laughs> well, how do you change that? So I, I decided to apply to grad school and learn more. Uh, Applied to a bunch of schools, uh, and uh, my wife and I have this nice little bungalow home in the East End, and we just had a simple, nice, easy life. Um, and she's a teacher out at Riverstone. Uh, and one night, we're sitting in the hot tub, and she says, I'm sorry, hon, um, I'm not going with you if you get into grad school. I'm going to stay here, and we'll just commute back and forth. Um, we'll make it work. And I wasn't, I wasn't very excited about that uh, <laughs> possibility. Uh, so I made a deal with her and I said, look, if I get into the number one grad school in the world, we got to go, but I'll withdraw applications to everywhere else. And uh, I never thought in, in, there's no day that anybody would ever accept me into Johns Hopkins and some, some fool <laughs> okayed my application. <laughs> um, so I got the email one day and I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And, you know, Baltimore is pretty different than Boise. Yes. Especially the district of Baltimore where Johns Hopkins is. Yeah, right? It's, That's a kind of rough and tumble part of town. It's a rough and tumble part. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. we heard gunshots all the time and, um, yeah, it's a scary, it's getting better now, but um, when we were there in 2008, it was, it was a scary place. Yeah. And so I flew out because I had to start school early. And uh, my wife's uh, mom flew out here to drive cross country. So I left my wife to pack the house uh, into a trailer, um, get a storage unit. I mean, do all of it. I mean, she's uh, she's amazing. And uh, she drove cross country and she gets there and she's crying. You know, I, I, I welcome her to Baltimore and her mom took me aside and said she's been crying the whole drive. <laughs> so but we made it work. We uh, we found our community there. Um, I also, in addition to getting a master's in public health, I decided to also get a master's in business administration there. Um, I don't ever recommend uh, two master's programs at the same time, mm. by the way. Um, and one day I was playing basketball with some friends and I uh, uh, got on a scale at the end, you know, in the locker room. And I weighed uh, like 40 pounds more than I typically 
had working two master's programs and doing some internships that really takes a toll. Uh, you know, at that point I needed to make a change in my life. And so the next day I went to a bike shop and I got local bike routes and got on a bike and started biking every day. And then I started racing. I started doing it competitively at the amateur level, obviously. Um, from there, uh, working at Hopkins or Hopkins after Hopkins, I went and got invited to write policy in healthcare for health and human services for the past administration. And so I spent uh, a couple of years writing policy in DC. So we moved our, you know, moved down to, to Georgetown in DC and had a wonderful time. Um, and that's where I experienced my first spin class. So this whole long story gets me to my first spin class and you're working 12 hour days, writing policy. Um, that sounds <laughs> hard to it, me. It, I, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard, but it's, it's really invigorating. It, it really is, is challenging, you know, your, your brain and every day. Mm. Um, I think the worst part about writing policy is, is addressing, uh, really poorly drafted letters with really bad questions from senators. Um, mm. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, or, or senator staff. <laughs> or the staffers, really. Right, who are 20-somethings that, right, yep. are they're, just out of they're school They're interns, they're freshmen. naive about exactly. things, right? Yeah, they don't know yeah. what, a, you know, when you use the t- yeah. medical terms or right. even saying a payer, they don't know that that's an insurance company. Right. Uh, little stuff like that. Yeah. Well, one night, um, we're sitting and writing policy. It's getting late. It's 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. And my coworker says, let's, let's go to spin class. And I thought, that sounds stupid. I'm a bike racer. I, <laughs> I bike outside or I have a trainer that I put my bike on. And um, he's like, no, 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 it's not like that. Let's go. So he took me to a spin class and I just loved it. I got out. The experience was amazing. The teachers, the instructors were amazing. And so we, would, we made a habit of it. We'd, we'd stop writing policy at 6 so we could make the 6.30 class. And then I had to travel a lot. So everywhere, every time I'd go to a new city, I would Google spin studio or cycle studio and, uh, and I'd go take a class. And that was my relief that, you know, I had to get exercise during my travel times. So, uh, two and a half years into writing policy, I got, uh, invited to take, kind of take over, a, a sort of a startup in healthcare in pediatrics. And I did that for six years, uh, three years into it. My wife uh, got pregnant, and we decided to move back home to our nice little East End bungalow home and live the simple life. Uh, and so we did. And, you know, a year, out, a year after that, so I'm working remotely, by the way. Yeah. And so a year uh, into that, I decided our life was too simple, and I needed to make it harder. <laughs> so let's do a startup, honey. <laughs> um, so that's how Upcycle came about. And when we got to Boise, I Googled Spin Studio, Cycle Studio. Nothing showed up. Uh, that's crazy. I've been to Omaha. I've been to Des Moines. There's Spin Studios there. <laughs> how, is it, well, how did Boise get left behind? Um, and so that's the, the kind of backstory and the birth of Upcycle. Okay, I, ha- I, I recently uh, had my first... Uh, spin class in the last year awesome and uh, i'm not much of a biker i used to mountain bike here and there because i live here in boise you, know, you should have a mountain bike right but uh uh and then i've been to a gym where they have spin classes but like nah, nah i'm good i'll do my thing and and uh but um and i was actually one day i was gonna go to a class and i was just a little bit late it's like damn i missed uh and so it was gonna be more of like that was more like a i don't know like a boot camp class and then 15 minutes later, I saw 
a, a spin class there. I'm like, okay, I was geared for a class. I'm like, I'm gonna go do that. And uh, oh my gosh, I I walked in there. First off, the music was really yeah, awesome, yeah, right? The music, exactly. and so and I and I respond well to music. Like music impacts me a lot, and so does this little thing. I don't. I assume most spin classes are like this, where all of a sudden, here's this board up on the screen. <laughs> And I can see my bike number. And then next to that is my ranking profile in the class. And I was like, well, I'd pro- I was like, uh-oh, you know. <laughs> it makes you work harder, doesn't yes, it? Yes, because yeah. all of a sudden, every ounce of my body was this, like, you know, gain. Like, I got to get a better position. And <laughs> like, like, I got to get, a, you know, and all of a sudden, I, I mean, I couldn't walk for days after that because I was just like, got to catch him. I have to catch him. And... Uh, it was it was so much fun, uh, and so yeah, I I, I loved it. I, I I had to be careful because that you know that right. <laughs> uh, myself I, you know if I had been in better shape, I probably wouldn't have been sore for days. But yeah. I just let myself just try to win the race. You oh know? yeah, that, it, we it, use a similar software, and what it does is it, it motivates you. It, it yeah. brings out that competitive edge. Yeah. Um, but you know what you can do? You can in our software, you can put a screen name on there. So it doesn't have to be your full name. It can be, you know, <laughs> uh, some whatever random yeah. name you want it to be. But we find clients really love that. And they at the end of class, they get an email. Uh, so you know from upcycle and it has their date the the date the stats oh, wow. and you can track it over time so they can oh. see what progress they're making and so well, they can log yeah, into the software and check that, it out that's that a opportunity whole different element, yeah. but uh, a lot of time and the place i went to didn't you didn't have names or anything you just had your bike number and then only after going a couple of times i realized that okay i know who i know who's who in class now right, right? and and then it's like then we kind of like all right yeah. you know um would kind of go against each other and and uh, and then and then congratulate each other, you know, after we're done because we saw how hard each other worked. And so, I think that's really you don't experience that a lot. And mm-hmm. um, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to kind of create that environment. I think that's not only is it kind of exciting. It's got the music, but uh, yeah. So all of a sudden, I had been in gyms where they've had you know spin classes, but I never went for years and now i'm like ah, you know that that's a, such an amazing way to work out it is a fun yeah. way to work out yeah <clears throat> and you mentioned something at the end of class you start talking to the other uh people in the class yeah i think that's one of our biggest strengths is our community that we build and because it's just that after class you get to know someone you congratulate them like wow you really rocked it today i saw you on the top of the leaderboard mm-hmm. and they sit and they talk for a while and they build this community of of uh like-minded people you know we and we have people from all walks of life and so it's great to see a boise state sorority girl you know talking to a 60 year old um mother and and having a good conversation after class and and doing the other things together um we have uh in addition to cycling we've got a room next door that we do yoga and trx and uh and we'll have these express rides at lunch and it's fun to see them they'll do 30 minutes on the bike and then 30 minutes of say bar or yoga it's fun to see them talk in the hallway, transitioning from one room to the other. It's just, it's one of the reasons I, I love going to Upcycle uh, every day. You've got an amazing location, too, by the way. And if people don't know the location, right, it's right in Bodo. Yeah. Uh, it's the space that was formerly a uh, Joseph Bank. Right, men's right? clothing men's store. Men's clothing yeah, store. Which yeah, which is super hip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but uh, talk about 
the experience of having that kind of downtown exposure and 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 are people intimidated by the windows and stuff the storefront yeah that's a good question um Getting into Bodo is great. The location's fantastic. We get a lot of uh, foot traffic, and now the hotels. I mean, the hotels are right there. Yeah, yeah. we've got what thirty new hotels. It seems like mm-hmm. um, <laughs> maybe not that many. Right, five. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the location's great, but I. This is kind of one of the, the lessons learned, but I'm happy we're in that space. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. But it, we kind of, it's like buying uh, shoes that are two sizes too big, and you have to grow into those shoes. Mm-hmm. And with that space, that's what's, well, that's what's happened with us. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's uh, it's 4,400 square feet, yeah. and so it's pretty big for a fitness studio. Uh, but that makes it nice. It gives us space. Uh, typical spin class. Uh, your bikes are touching each other practically. Mm-hmm. Ours, you have space, and so we've utilized the space to make it a better uh, feel. But we did put the, you know, we bought size shoe twelve, and I'm only a ten. Yeah. But we're growing into it. We're really growing into that space, and um, we're turning it into. Uh, and we now have retail in there, so we, we're we're utilizing the space as much as we can. Okay. Um. And so yeah, but we love it, and we're hoping something good comes into where the Urban Outfitters used to be. Yeah. Um. We're hoping in the the Hendrix Group, which bought the building last year is in the out of wisconsin wisconsin yeah yep, yep. yep. and they've been fantastic to work with and they're trying to find something young and hip to to put in that space um there's some rumors i don't think i'm able to share but it's going to be fun it's going to be an interactive space with multiple uh, maybe multiple things in there um i'm also really hoping that um the city can really work with adhd and the highway department to fix that five lane problem We've got five lanes of road on Myrtle in front that get used, utilized to its capacity for about a 30-minute window uh, every day. So the rest of the time, it just sits as a sea, and it's it prevents people from... It's like crossing a river. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really hoping the city can work to, to, to figure something out there, whether it's parking or bike lanes, just make it more pedestrian-friendly. We don't need a highway downtown Boise. And, it, and that's what it is. Uh, it's it's designed to move as much amount of traffic as possible in the shortest amount of time. And, and in and, fact, it is under the jurisdiction of the Idaho State Transportation Department. Right. It's, it's it considered a, a highway. It right. is a state highway. Right, right. And so, yeah. but and the problem is, is that we all talk about how walkable downtown is, but except for that corridor, like yeah. that part's scary. Yeah. And, oh, absolutely. And you're like you said, it is a river and it's definitely like a barrier. And yeah. um, I've, I've, it is that... It's cool that more things are happening down in the Bodo district, and that continues to evolve. Um, but they've created this, like as you say, river that makes it difficult to cross, and it's not pedestrian. Fair. I mean, it's it's funny how long the lights the cars have to, to go through, but when when the light turns, you know, for the walking signal, uh, I'm I'm pretty healthy. I go to spin class every once in a while, right? But I have to hustle to get across in the same time. It's it's just not practical. And I just think that, and I agree with you, that is one of the things that I hope that uh, the city, and they're talking about addressing it. I don't know why it takes them two years to change signal times. Right. But they said they're going to do, but apparently that's what it takes. It's called... Multiple government bureaucracy, yeah, three different and CCDC, and you got yeah, everybody CCDC, involved. Yeah. But I, but I do understand a little bit what you're talking about with the uh, the challenge of of when you go into like a any startup, really. Uh, it sounds like you've been involved with other startups too. Which if we have time, we'll, I like to talk about. But the um, the the concept when you go into like a brick and mortar style, you have a lot of 
you have overhead in addition to paying step and you know salaries and employees and things like that you have like just the cost of the space and um and in that whole and it is like come over and not all gyms have are like designed like yours that you're you're kind of right and in a position of being in a key detail downtown spot and many of them are kind of tucked away in some lower cost you know areas where they can get cheaper square footage on the space and so it is it's a risky play but you're right a lot of the people who might looking to be dropping in for a cycle class so might be coming in temporarily into the city um so how does your model work i mean how did you come up with it did you find did you do you uh kind of follow what some other cycle studios were doing around the country yeah absolutely yeah. i mean this is a model that's been proven out um, like I said, in, in major cities, minor cities, Spokane has three of these things. Oh, really? Yeah. And so what I did um, is I talked to as many people as I could. We called we called the studio owners in, in Spokane and Portland, and we tried to understand what we needed to do to, to put this together. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, uh, we modeled it after other studios that we really liked. Um, that we had visited in the past, that we liked their, their branding. So we didn't invent anything from scratch. Yeah. Um, I'm not smart enough to do something like that. So we just copied models and copied what worked. Um, and so, yeah. And is your model like a, like a, like a drop-in fee or is it, do you have like membership things? So how did, what kind of, yeah, get creative here. Right, we, yeah. We've got drop-ins. Uh, you can buy a package of classes, say like 20 and it just gets cheaper the more you buy. Sure. Um, and we've got also a annual membership. So you pay monthly, but you commit to a year yeah. and then we have a, annual member where you commit to a year you get charged monthly and you get a massage every month with it oh, um i like that part yeah i know right right uh, we all need an excuse to go do that more to get often. a massage yeah, yeah, right. yeah uh you you work out and you get rewarded with a yeah a, a massage from d so all right so you've uh so you had quite this background in this medical space and doing that journey and now you found yourself in more of an entrepreneurial um uh, almost retail type of uh, endeavor in uh, downtown Boise. Um, where do you, what have you learned from this kind of transition? You know, how do, you, do you like being an entrepreneur? Do you like this new venture? How's this compared to your past life stuff you were yeah, this doing? Is, this is not writing healthcare policy. No, right, right. no, it's not. And and I've uh, attempted to start some companies in the past, and I have, uh, but they're all been software. So brick and mortar. This is the first. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, entrepreneurship is an interesting thing. I, looking back in my life, uh, I've always started things. Uh, you know, before Craigslist, I started a website called uh, BoiseForSale.com. And I'd go down in the newspaper, in the classifieds, and I'd literally call every one of them and say, hey, listen, I'm going to come take a picture of your car. And I've got, I built this really cool thing on the, the interweb, you know, um, yep. and I'm going to post your thing. And I did that and it was kind of working and then Craigslist came along and it didn't work anymore. Um, but I've always started I've, and it's, I've done it in college. I've done it my entire life. And it wasn't until I joined this group called EO entrepreneurs organization that is full of entrepreneurs, business owners. And we take time to talk with each other and hang out. And it's not really a networking group. It's more just like-minded people getting together. And, uh, I realized I'm an entrepreneur. Holy crap! That's what that's what all is this is. This is what I'm doing. I, so I, I was able to identify with being an entrepreneur. So this is fun for me. I, I, you know, it's hard at times, but um, 
I really enjoyed the run. But yeah, the brick and mortar thing is totally different. Picking out colors of tiles and carpet and wall paint like who knew yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's not like a software company we can just sit behind a computer and program and then you know launch it yeah yeah i i saw from your website a couple of things i want to ask you about because i didn't quite follow what they were karma rides what's that yeah so karma rides uh is something we started from day one uh, again our uh the number the, the top two things on our vision the first is uh, are our values our sorry our core values the first one is members first and the second one is community. Um, we want to give back to the community. Upcycle wants to be known as part of the community. And so we created Karma Rides where um, you, uh, we'll do charity events. And that ride, whatever we make on that ride, goes to a particular charity. Um, and so we created that again from day one. Uh, we, uh, focus on certain charities every month. So we've highlighted the food bank. We've, you know, we've gone through the different you know, nonprofits in town and we want to give back to the community. So that's what a karma ride is. And, and, and then the small change program, what, what was that all about? Small change. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, it's that leftover money from, you know, when you buy a candy bar and or not, we don't sell candy bars, but it's a health <laughs> fitness studio. Um, the, the leftover will go to that particular charity. Okay. Um, so uh, again, trying to focus on community. Yeah, and and then you're you're and then I, you're doing a lot of things in this kind of like this space because I was reading about this benefit corp thing where it's like. Um, you know, you know. It seems like you're just doing a lot of different focus on giving back to the community, or you're doing something, is that, and that seems like to be a big part of what your direction you're trying to go with with this. Yeah, endeavor. we are absolutely. Yeah. And Boise is a community-based city. I mean, yeah. when we started Upcycle, it was amazing the number of resources that uh, came to us from the community. People wanted to help. They they genuinely want to help, which is great. You know, out east, when you're trying to start something, you're on your own. And, um, you know, people will give you the minimum that they need to give out here. Uh, it's amazing. The, the volunteer type work I get, the people just want to be part of this community and, and help. They truly wanted to help me start this thing. And so we want to give back as much as possible. Upcycle wants to be, um, again, that community space that, um, is a safe space to get your exercise, have people checking in on, on your goals, um, and we want to check in on, you know, how people are doing in, in other aspects of their life. And so, you know, uh, when you come in, we, we try to find out what your goal is. Um, why are you signing up for a membership? You can't just sign up for no reason. We ask, well, why are you doing this? Well, maybe I want to lose 20 pounds before my sister's wedding. Great. We're going to help you get there and let's keep in touch. Let's, let's follow each other and see how your progress is coming. So, and you said something earlier and it seems like it's in line with what you're saying now. What's like, you kind of have this uh, data driven approach with some of the, the ways you go about, uh, helping people. And so explain that a little bit more, because that is definitely unique from what I'm seeing, you know, in other, uh, fitness places. Sure. Yeah. Um, with that, what we've, with the data that you get after class, it, it has all different. So, how, like what's your average watts that you've been putting out? So, if you want to focus on power, um, how many calories did you burn? Uh, so, if you want to focus on weight, uh, how many miles you rode? I do a, a, a mile test in my class, um, see in three minutes if you can get past a mile. And so, we, we make these small increment goals for people, and, and it helps them stay focused and stay uh, motivated and, and continue to come back and focus on themselves. Um, so yeah, so we, we use that data for that aspect. And we have heart rate, so it'll, it'll show you a heart rate monitor. Um, and then 
you can see how you're progressing. And we've got everything from Uber athletes. We, um, we have Sarah Barber, who's a world uh, duathlon champion last year and wow. she works out at our studio uh, we sponsor a bike team that works out our studio aaron harris uh is also a duathlon um champion and and then we have people um other people that maybe have some disabilities and we work with them to keep them on their goals uh working through struggles they might be having um you know we've had some clients that have gone through pretty bad stuff in their life and they turn to exercise to get those endorphins back. They turn to us as a community for support. And it's great to see that type of support at UpCycle, um, both physically but mentally, because you need that fitness to, to keep a strong mind if you're going through some, some hard times in life. So it's great to be, be able to provide that at UpCycle. So Alan, um, you know, hearing your past and, and your latest adventure, uh, venture that you're doing now, and what, you, you, so, you, so upcycle has been what a couple years now year and a half yeah year and a half and so looking back right this is more of the entrepreneurial question like um would you do anything differently or what some of the lessons you've learned and um what are you most excited about looking forward yeah that's a good question so looking back um there's i think there's one thing that i underestimated and that is that uh, educating the population on what indoor cycling is like uh, when we asked people in Boise what they thought it was like, you know, they're thinking the basement of a big box gym that, you know, is stinky and crowded and hard and not fun. But when you walk into that room and the laser lights are going and the lights are out and the music's pumping and the, the instructors are just super engaging, it's a totally different experience. But the hardest thing has been our underestimation of more the marketing uh, strategy behind it. We needed to educate people on what it is. Once they get in, then they're sold. They're stuck, right? But people in Boise just don't know what spin class is. They, they've never been to a Soul Cycle or one of those major, you know, chains in, in California or Manhattan or Seattle or Portland. So uh, it's educating that population. We thought right away that, that we were going to be slammed because everybody loves it. But here in Boise, people don't know what it is. You know, that's true. And I, and I, I can speak for myself because I've been, you know, a, kind of a gym rat for decades, uh, but only recently have, have experienced it. Right. So, um, you know, I think uh, so if I'm, you know, fairly f familiar with fitness stuff, um, I think you're right. That is a big uh, um, and I don't know why it's not as popular here as as others. But I just. Um, I'm not sure why, but we're working on because it because a lot of people are just outdoor oriented. Yes, right? absolutely. Right? They're up in the hills. They're, mm -hmm. they're doing, you know. Yeah, there's definitely slow yeah. times when you have nice yeah. weather because yeah. people like to enjoy the Boise foothills and the river, the Greenbelt. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say we have a lot of people that don't even own a bike. They've never, you know, they don't bike, but they want their exercise in a group environment that's fun and you know the instructor's pushing them yeah um because i know if i p just put my headphones on and i go i don't go as hard if i'm oh, not even close yeah not even close so, <laughs> so getting pushed you know yeah so i don't know if that was, was that your, you had, i think you had two questions yeah sorry. the second sorry. part was it's like okay so you underestimated uh what it was going to take to maybe get things going to, to get people aware of what you're offering um and a uh, year and a half in now um where do you see you're at and where do you hope to go? And, you know, uh, you know, that kind of that longer term vision. Sure. Um, <clears throat> going back to our core values community. So we want to figure out a way to uh, 
work with the community to develop really cool stuff and disrupt this um, mindset that you can only belong to one studio. So, for example, we've partnered with Hollywood Market. Um, so you can buy Hollywood Market passes at Upcycle and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. You can buy Upcycle passes at Hollywood Market. We'll continue to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We'll continue to try to partner and disrupt the you know the idea that you can only go to one studio and you have to pick which one. And eventually it gets tiring and you get bored of it and then you switch. So uh, we'll, that's that's the, I think where the future's heading and yeah. that's where we want to go. Um, we want to we'd love to have a, a second location, but you know we got to focus on our first right now mm-hmm. and make sure that we are uh, doing the right things. We so we just formed uh, an advisory board of members of our high use members. Uh, we had our first kickoff meeting last night, actually, and we want to now let them help drive this ship. I don't want my face to be the face of Upcycle. Uh, the community, I want the I want the community to be the face of Upcycle, and so I want to let them help drive this ship and help guide our direction. And so, whatever you know, if they decide that we need to slow down on growth, or um, you know, we're going to let them have some input. So I think that's a cool idea. Just getting your 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 yeah. your most consistent customers. Um, being a part of what it evolves to, because they want they want it to be successful too. Yeah, exactly. They have they they're they're interested in this place surviving and, and yeah. living on, so that they can continue to get their workouts and uh, and so absolutely they've got really good vested interest and they're a great group of people. I mean, I just I, our members are amazing. I, I really love them. Well, Alan, I want to thank you for coming in. It's been great to hear uh, all the things you're doing with Upcycle. Um, if you're just tuning in, we've been speaking with Alan Trailer. He is the owner and founder of Upcycle Boise. And you can go to upcycleboise.com for more information. It's going to be, uh, but gosh, I'm glad you got here. to hear, Loved hearing your backstory of how the crazy path life takes us right. on to find us in these unique positions. Um, but um, you know, uh, but we wish you nothing but luck. And I do encourage just in general uh, to, if you haven't taken a spin class, no matter where you're at, to like find a way to take one because I, again, we go into gyms for like 30 years. Right. So it's like, I just recently tried it and it's so much fun, but you know, uh, you might get, you might be surprised by how much it makes you work. So it's good. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> yeah. thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity and it was great chatting with you guys. Okay, okay. cool. Again, we will be posting this on our website at idahospeakeasy.com. And again, for more information about, um, Alan trailer and upcycle, go to upcycleboise.com.